Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the last word with Greg and Kiker. Kiker, how's it going? It's going all right. Sorry for the uh, delay, the extended hiatus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My apologies, man. Life yeah. has been kind of crazy lately. Mm. Uh, COVID nineteen and everything. Can I, can I put it on that? No, you no. can't. No. Okay. Yeah, it's I like, tried. I saw this meme. This guy skydiver jumps out of the plane without a parachute, dies. COVID nineteen. Well, I mean, it's all related. Absolutely. It's all related. It's however you're going to spin it. I saw CNN the other day. Almost 3 million deaths. No, 3 million cases. Couple, Several hundred thousand deaths. Yeah. It's just however you want to you know, depict it. That's why the media is... They're all snakes. Well, I mean, they're, they're quite, quite shrill. What, whatever you... Whatever... You can flip the channel and get the opposite view. It's just whatever you want to watch and wherever side you lean. We're not going to get into politics. We're not, man. Uh, yeah, I'm not getting into that. That was close. Uh, so, was. So, yeah. uh, Thanks a lot, Obama. A nice, <laughs> nice land. <laughs> anyway, nice land. Enjoy that stimulus money. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, anyway, anyway, target. Uh yeah, seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, real fast, I just want to plug real fast. You can still find us anywhere podcasts are sold or rebroadcasted, except for Apple Podcasts. So, and you're the Apple guy. I'm yeah, an Android I, guy, I know, so man. I don't know what the deal is. Well, there. I mean, they disappoint me. Uh, Maybe send them a picture of you in that do rag. They put us on. Well, I think they would. Yeah, I they, think they, they would they understand might, that this, I mean, this is that I'm yeah. obviously mm-hmm. dressed the part for yeah. this podcast. I mean, and I have no room to talk because I've always been, you know, but yeah. you're getting kind of pudgy. All right, you know what? <laughs> that was mean. <laughs> hey, but it's okay. I can say that because I've always been. Fat, Kiss my so. ass. That was mean. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna move on from that. I'm not gonna sit there and take that other way. Hey. You got the waves back, though. I did get the so, waves back, I mean, and it was What critical. would you rather have? Oh. We don't have time for this. Let's move anyway, on. Anyway, I'll get the six-pack back, too. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> um, and I'll have them both. Yeah, drinking a six-pack right now. Anyway, uh, we're gonna, so there's, a, there's a big NFL news that we missed a couple weeks ago because it happened right after we recorded. Mm-hmm. Kiker, what are your thoughts on Gronkowski going to Tampa Bay? Um, I mean, what level of contendership does this put them at? Right away to me, I mean, I think they're Super Bowl contenders, seriously. But what do you think? Uh, I already thought they were going to make the playoffs. I've made a bet on that. And this just reaffirms it more. Listen, Gronkowski doesn't have to go down there and be the Gronkowski he was in New England. Because they have other weapons that New England didn't have the last several years when Gronk and Brady were together. Yeah. So, all he needs to be, he's a security blanket for Brady. It makes him more comfortable. He's basically like a I don't he's like a 250 pound pacifier. Yeah, and I, I mean so I mean to to add on to that, I mean I think Gronkowski even a year away from the game is still going to be better than it's still going to be better than what we what the Packers just got from Jimmy Graham. Well, Seriously. Duh. So I'm no, I'm just saying. So if that's the level that we're kind of work operating at, that's kind of the way I, you know, Jimmy Graham, bottom line, you know, tight end right now at the end of his career. I think Gronk is still going to be better than that. So There's no doubt. So it's a great move for Tampa Bay. It's a decent move for the Patriots because you know you had a guy that wasn't going to play for you anyway. Nope. So you and got some, and you got a draft, and you got a draft pick yeah. for him. So I mean, that's a good move for for everybody involved. I do think that, you know, this puts Tampa Bay right up there with, I mean, it was already going to be them in New Orleans battling it out for the division. 
Um, but now, I mean, I think they really have a shot at battling it out for that division. I think the Niners are going to have some issues um, going against that team. It, it'll be a really – I think that – I don't know, man. I think the Packers are going to take a step back, and we'll get to that here in a second. We'll get to the draft. No, they're going to take a step but back. But I also genuinely think that, you know, it's going to come down to Niners, Saints, Bucks. I can't say Cowboys yet because – who knows what the hell you're gonna get from the Cowboys? I think those are the three best teams in the NFC. And you might be right. So I mean, Tampa was already good, and people were like, "Oh, they were seven and nine. What are you talking about? Six nine losses, one possession or less." And Jameis Winston had thirty interceptions, like ten other fumbles, and an NFL record. He tied it. Six pick sixes. Tom Brady is not going to do that. Yeah. And we're gonna get to the draft. The Buccaneers. Had a great draft. Yeah. And it was all about helping Tom Brady. You know, and, and I, it should have been. Well, and I feel like, you know, just to kind of segue into the draft, I mean, the Bucks had a really good draft, and I feel like the Bucks did, you know, they're trying to win now. Well, they like, have to. That, that's, that's the you, window. You, you don't sign Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, they, it's not about the future. It's about now. They have a two-year window to try mm-hmm. and win with Tom Brady. Uh-huh. And so it's like we're gonna throw the kitchen sink at that, and we're gonna try to get in. We're gonna try to get a Super Bowl out of this. That's what he's here for. That's what here we're here all and they here have, for. And they have a decent all around team. That defense is not near as bad as people may think. Well, but the, but that's but the point. When they drafted putting, accordingly. Yeah, and, and I so, mean, left tackle, wide receiver. I mean, we're Tristan Wirfs from Iowa, their first round pick. He's gonna end up playing either right or left tackle. Fan phenomenal athlete. Quick for being 300 and some pounds. I saw the guy standing in like three, four feet of water. No way. And jumped was that out him? Of the pool. Yes. Was that him? Yeah. And he jumped out of the pool that and stuck the landing. I mean, he, he's an athletic guy. Iowa has a way of churning out tight ends. They do. And offensive linemen. It's kind of like Wisconsin. Besides, Wisconsin's not heavy on the tight ends, but they're real heavy on the offensive linemen. Dang. You always get good guys coming out of them, you know, Milk and potato states like <laughs> Iowa and Wisconsin. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they're corn fed, but it works. What, it works. Yeah, hey, it works. Yeah. It works. Um, okay, so since you since you brought up the draft, I, I, I mean, obviously the Bucks had a really good draft. Mm-hmm. Who else do you think had a really good draft? I mean, oh. shorthand, I would say Baltimore. Uh, yeah. I felt like Baltimore mm-hmm. just continues to have good drafts. Yeah. I mean, they they pick up good free agents that fit what they're trying to do. Um, I they, have just, a, they have great structure there. Yeah. Ownership, head coach, GM. Uh, they're getting Lamar Jackson more help, and they're going to run the – I mean, it's all, it's all about tight ends, and they got weapons outside. It's all about Lamar Jackson getting better, throwing the ball outside the numbers. Yeah. I mean, that's what he struggled with last year against Tennessee especially. And, you know, he, he was MVP last year, and he struggled in his two playoff starts. People need to realize the kid's like 23. Yeah. And he – and. He got so much better from his rookie season to this year. There's no reason for anyone to think he won't get even better this next year. Because you don't hear a bunch of stuff out of him. He's mm-hmm. a football guy. And that's in and that's a Baltimore type thing. They want football guys. And they went back. It's more it's it's all tight ends. They're going to smash you in the mouth. They they drafted uh, JK Dobbins out of oh, out of Ohio State. He's not a pass catcher and that's not what he's going there for. Yeah. He's going there to run, smash in between the tackles, and get outside. You now you got you got Ingram, you got Dobbins, 
It was all about trying to help Lamar Jackson because defensively they're pretty set because they did in free agency got Calais Campbell from Jacksonville. Yeah. They had a great draft. Miami had a good draft. And how could you not? They have, between this year and next year, they have nine picks in the first two rounds. Jeez. Well, I mean, that's they've traded guys away, gotten first-round picks. They had they had the great they had a great smoke screen, yeah. And they didn't want Tua, and, yeah, and now they have Tua, and now Tua's not going to play this year. Even if have they said no that? matter oh, yeah, no matter what, I don't think they, they they're going to risk pushing. They're going to wait. Okay. Um, I mean, they, I guess they could play him if 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 they were uh, out of the playoff picture, but. You, you got Fitzpatrick there for this year. Then you can move on. You bring Tua in, and we'll see. And he gets to learn behind a pro. Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, if Fitzpatrick listen. is anything, he is a pro. And he's a smart guy. Smart guy. He went to Harvard. Good football player. Like yeah. he's, you know, he may he's never been a franchise guy. Well, he's a backup. But, but he, he has, can he has get streaks. You, of but greatness. he can get you some wins. Oh, yeah. He's a solid quarterback. Yeah. Like he's not great. I mean, but he's a solid backup Pat quarterback. Pat Mahomes had Alex Smith for one season. And he praised Alex Smith for getting him prepared, showing yeah. him how to be a pro. And Fitzpatrick will do the same thing for Tua. And the thing is, is everyone's like, the injuries. The injuries would worry me. But the thing about Tua is, no quarterback in this draft has a higher ceiling than Tua, but also has a lower floor. Yeah, that's Because true. if he ta- – I'm telling you, because if he get- – he has to learn, and Saban even came out and said this on several different occasions, when he gets hurt – He's holding on the ball, extending the play. Sometimes throw it away, let the play another down. Yeah, seriously. Because I mean, Tua wants to move around and all that stuff. Nah. Well, and, that, and he, that's, he's an accurate passer. Just you know, and that's funny because usually you see guys that are run first quarterbacks usually are the ones that struggle mm. with that, which you know brings like RG three to mind. Mm. You know, a guy that just couldn't not hold on to the ball, couldn't stop putting himself in bad situations, and his body just... It, well, it and Washington rushed him back, too. They, I, I mean, they, they, they did. did. They did. I mean, that was a bad situation for everybody. Yeah. That sucks for his career, but at the same time, hopefully Tua can figure that out. I mean, he was an electric-type college football player, and it'd be great to see him succeed at the next level. Denver had a great draft. They yeah, had, they, 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 they Listen, Drew Locke comes in late last year, looks pretty good. He's got weapons. He's got, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the draft, Jerry Judy, the best all-around guy. He's not the fastest. He's probably the best route runner. I mean, that's it. Their first two picks were receivers for Drew Locke. So they're pretty set defensively. Their head coach, Vic Vangio, longtime Bears defensive coordinator. That defense, they finished the season strong. Won four out of their last six, I think. And Denver had a really good draft. John Elway. As much crap as he's gotten, if Drew Locke's the guy, they might be sneaky dangerous. Uh, that'll be – I mean, that'll be interesting because they're obviously in the same division as the Chiefs, and the Chiefs had a pretty good draft. I mean, it wasn't a great draft, but they, yeah, didn't, but the, the, he, but they didn't need to have a great because draft. Because they were 20 of 22 starters. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So yeah. they didn't need to. I mean, so Denver's going to have the, well, the, the misfortune of having to play them again. And the Chargers have a great roster too if they can just put it together. See we'll see. Happening. Not this year. Not this year. Well, hold on. Tyrod Taylor has a winning record as a starting quarterback in the NFL, and his past numbers are better than Cam Newton's. Okay. So he can win you 10 games. I'm not saying they're going to win the division. I would still give that. The Chiefs obviously have to be favored in that. But, but don't, uh, don't think Tyrod Taylor can get you 10-11 wins, especially with this roster. And if the Chargers stay healthy, Derwin James being hurt for 
10, 12 weeks last year yeah. was a big miss for them. It was. I remember that. But they have. They, I mean, they got three good corners now. They got Cliff Harris Jr. or Chris Harris Jr. from from Denver, and they got with Casey Hayward, and then Derwin James to be healthy. You still got Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. It's a really good roster. Can they put it all together? It's, that, that's going to be a tough division. Okay, so we named who we thought had who had pretty good drafts. Mm-hmm. Who had the worst draft? Green Bay. And you're not saying that? I, of, no, I'm not saying that just as a fan. It's okay. horrible. All right, so. I mean, you, you you look at experts. They're saying, oh, well, yeah, I mean, Green Bay, it was really bad. Okay, Cleveland so, had a way better draft I'm gonna give than us, the Packers I'm going to give us five minutes to go on a, a Packers tangent, okay? Go. Okay. Obviously, what the hell are they doing? You draft a backup quarterback and a backup running back in the first two rounds. Their excuse is going to be, we're trying to build a bully. And Jimmy Johnson, who you who you love and I think is great, has said this. The most important player on your team is a starting quarterback. The second uh, most important player on your team is your backup quarterback. Dang. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sure. But now he's going to be a rookie. Okay. And now if you say you're building for the future, trading Jordan Love, now his ceiling's real high. People say his ceiling's Patrick Mahomes esque. Not, not. We're not gonna say he's him, but close. Big arm, big hands, athletic. Throw on the run. Uh, his senior year was horrible. Had a bunch of turnover, new coaches, uh, nine new starters on offense. It was not good. And you look at his junior year tape, and it was great. So, you know that kind of cancels it out. But now, here's the thing that bothers me the most. If Aaron Rodgers stays the rest of his four-year deal, which I don't think he's going to, here's the deal. So he places out his four years and leaves. Now you have one year, one year left on a fifth-year team option on Jordan Love. It doesn't make any sense. Now, hindsight could be 2020 if he turns out to be the third straight Hall of Fame quarterback the Packers have had under center, then the Green Bay could almost kind of throw that. That could be their their uh, their shield, their defense. Like, oh, hey, look, this guy turned out to be great. Well, but I mean, it's that, all a guess. That, that's certainly what we've used, what they use with yeah, Rodgers. I it's mean, all it, a guess. But here's what I know. What I know is, is that Green Bay defense got shredded Last year in the NFC Championship game. The best team in the NFC right now has got to be the San Francisco 49ers. They, they won the NFC last year. Okay, First game, 23-0 and a half. Second game, NFC Championship game, 27-0 and a half. Jimmy, Grant, or Jimmy uh, uh, Garoppolo had to throw eight passes that entire NFC Championship game and a sixth-round pick on his seventh team ran for 200-some-odd yards and four touchdowns. And the holes were gaping. Oh, my like, goodness. These you were, these you were could not drive like, my truck through it. Yeah, he had five yards before he looked like you might get to I mean, so, so, I mean, I totally agree. Their first or yeah. second touchdown was like a 36-yard run. He wasn't even touched. Yeah. So, I was dumbfounded when they traded up and drafted a quarterback instead of going defense. Because as much as Rodgers needs more weapons, that defense is should have been the number one priority. Well, and it's what's funny is the next two draft picks after that – we're inside linebackers, which is Green Bay's biggest need, especially since Blake Martinez left, and he's been your leading tackler for the last three seasons. Yeah. Sorry. You want to talk now? I did. I did. Sorry. I did. No, I'm okay. This is why we're, this is why we're here. <laughs> I mean, but seriously, to kind of add on to that, if you, I mean, I, you were right. They should have went defense first. 
But if you don't go defense, the natural inclination after that would have been to go wide receiver. Mm-hmm. This is a very deep wide receiver draft, and they got no wide receivers at one. all. Didn't take one. So I, I could understand not wanting to spend the first round pick on it, but I wouldn't understand spending it on a quarterback. I mean, we were just talking about um, we were just talking about the Bucks, like blatantly being all in on Tom Brady, and this being the next two years for them to win a Super Bowl. The Packers literally did the opposite of that for Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is two is five years younger than Tom Brady, and they did they did nothing to help him be ready mm-hmm. to try and win a Super Bowl in the next two years. I, I agree with Brett Favre when he comes out and says he's going to be gone in two years because I think once the cap hit isn't ridiculous. You know, it's ironic that he signed that. It, I mean, it was a huge contract, but the way it was structured, it was structured for for it to unload off the yeah. books in he- two he- years. He- heavy up front. Yeah. So, I mean, and that was intentional. Like, mm-hmm. he, he did that to do the right thing for the team, to try to help them be able to. Well, and it was to, good for the team, too. It was good for the team. Yeah. It was good for him. He's like, okay, I, get, I still get a lot of money. It's whatever. But for them to not do anything to help that dude out as far as the wide receiver is concerned, and everyone on the team except for Devontae Adams – you know, and even Adams was a second-round pick. I mean, there is no first-round wide receiver pick on the team. There has never, there hasn't ever been one since he's been there personally. No, there but the, there really isn't now. And it was a glaring need, and he was really struggling with it last year. This whole time, anyway, new offense. You really need good route runners who you can trust in those situations. If you want him to pick up every third and seven, every third and eight, like when the running game does stall out, he needs to be able to trust those receivers. And and so it just it, that was the part that's aggravating. I I'm not, you know, I'm old. I'm I'm, I'm in my thirties now. I've seen. He's These, basically for I've seen a regime change. 36 in a couple days. Mm. I've seen a regime change Late take 30s. place. I've seen a regime change take place and survived it. Like, I remember when Favre happened and it was messy and it was sucked. So, but I understand that the team has to get ready to set up the future. I would not have been a, completely opposed to them drafting this dude as long as they were still doing the other things necessary to get the team ready. But for your first two picks to be... A quarterback who's not going to play for at least two years, at least. Mm-hmm. And even when he plays, if he does play in three years, he's going to be not good in three. Like, that first year's going to suck. Yeah. And then to pick mm-hmm. up a running back when you already mm-hmm. had the last guy that was leading the league in touchdowns last year? Mm-hmm. Like, mind-boggling. I think like, they're looking to replace Jamal Williams. But here's, real quick, to piggyback off the whole first-round thing. Yeah. Green Bay has had astronomical success drafting wide receivers in the second round. Yeah, I'm going to give you three of them. Okay. Your favorite Packer of all time, Jordy Nelson, was a second-round pick out of Kansas Donald State. Driver was, wasn't he? No, Donald Driver was like a sixth-round pick. Dang, dude. He was, yeah, he was way out. Well, he came out of Randall Apple Cobb State, out of yeah. Kentucky. And then at, and Devontae Adams was a second-round second pick, pick out of Fresno State. So, okay, you go quarterback one, I'm thinking you're going to go wide receiver or defense. I'm praying, praying you go defense. Yeah. Because it, in the big games, they had nothing. Nothing. I mean, and you have like, who's your inside linebacker? The guy you traded for? for I can remember his name. That's not. Hey, that's how irrelevant he is from Cleveland. He was hurt half the last yeah, year. Yeah, he was hurt all the time. You know, and then o- Oren Burks hasn't done sh- shit from Vanderbilt. So anyway, we need to move on. Horrible draft. Yeah. My, I mean, I, I've never been so disappointed in the Packers drafting. In yeah, in, and, my, and, in my memory, and just from just from a standpoint, I'll say this, and I'll be done with it. I, I promise. But the part that's really aggravating with with Gunnikist 
is, you know, he made the big free agency moves last year, and he did a great job, mm-hmm. and, and it showed. Like, those linebackers made a difference. Um, but for him to to have Jimmy Graham, and everybody's always like, oh, sorry, Jimmy Graham. I'm like, Jimmy Graham was terrible. And he gave up Jordy Nelson, who, even though he was declining, still had sure hands at that point in his career. He still had at least another year or two left. I mean, he looked decent with Derek Carr. So that's all I'm saying. Then, now. Derek Carr's top 10 quarterback, Corny. That was two years ago. Anyway. Two years ago. Anyway. <laughs> the point is, is this. It was it was a terrible draft, man. I'll just leave it at that. Mm. I mean, I, w- I would have trusted Gunnikus, like, with that Jordan Love move. If he had went straight defense and wide receiver for mm. the next couple of rounds, I'd have been like, okay, well, he just had a guy that he really liked, mm-hmm. and he wanted to get that guy. Hey, that's fine. But he but he was still building the team for the like for mm-hmm. the now. He didn't do that at all. <laughs> so it, I have no reason to trust and, any move they're about to make. And let's not let's not say that this is the same thing with Aaron Rodgers because it wasn't. It okay? wasn't. Aaron Rodgers was thought to be a first round pick, fell in their lap. They traded up four spots, also lost a fourth round pick, and took a guy who's more of a project than Aaron Rodgers ever was. So we'll see, man. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see what it is. Um, Oh, man, frustrating. <laughs> all right, well, all right, let's go ahead and talk some NBA basketball. Kikert, almost two weeks ago, The Last Dance premiered on ESPN. It has been a huge deal. Oh, yeah. Huge deal, mm-hmm. uh, especially with no sports on anyway. it's. I mean, it. W- I, this would have been a monster deal anyway, just mm-hmm. to kind of get the insight into Jordan. Um, you know, this is pre-Twitter, Instagram, all that kinds of stuff. I mean, Jordan was, you know – a global icon on the level that is rarely reached. Like, there's like four or five guys in the history of sports. Like, it's like Babe Ruth, Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, and then to a lesser extent, Tiger Woods. Like, I don't even think Tiger ever got to where they were. Am I sitting next to Mike Wilbon? I'm just saying. Um, dang, he did say that, dude. Sure <laughs> I forgot did. about that. Um, anyway, so it's it's been really cool. Um, I will just kind of highlight some takeaways, man. I mean, from the first couple episodes, I thought it was really cool to hear Jordan's mind state as a rookie and get to hear Roy Williams talking about him being at North Carolina. Um, I don't think you hear those North Carolina stories as much. You know, you hear about him hitting the shot, but the two years after that, people really don't talk about it a lot. They just say, oh, he hit the shot, and he went to the NBA. And so it's kind of cool to hear, you know, Roy's take on having, you know, being around this super special player and watching him just continuously elevate and get better. Um, what do you think about that, man? Just, just enjoy. I thought it was great. Uh, you know, obviously I haven't, you know, when I think Michael Jordan, I think the Bulls. I don't think North Carolina. Uh, obviously I know he went there and as a freshman hit a game-winning shot and, and all that. But, uh, you know, one of the coolest things I took apart from that was Dean Smith, when, when after Michael's junior year, said you need to go to the pros. And J.J. Watt came out on Twitter or something and said, he's like, Dean Smith telling him to go pro because that's what's best for him and not what's best for Dean Smith. That's the kind of coach you want to play for. And it's one of the reasons – it's just another reason to think Dean Smith's one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time. And if you didn't think that before, then you obviously don't know what you're talking about. But Roy Williams is just he, – he got kind of animated when he looked in the camera. He's like – Jordan's the only guy I could ever I ever saw that could turn it on and turn it off, and he never freaking turned it off. He's, I mean, it, it was yeah, you know, th- this is everyone hears about how what great competitor Michael Jordan was, 
but you know, unless you're, you know, at least my age or older, you really never saw him play. Yeah. So this is, I mean, and it couldn't come out at a better time with the whole COVID thing, but this is really, oh, it's fantastic. It is, man. It's so fantastic. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of coolness to it, man. I mean, just going from that, watching this dude, and then hearing him talk about when he was a kid, you know, I knew he had a brother that, uh, you know, I knew Larry, his brother Larry was, was an absolute a-hole to him. But I didn't know. I mean, like Jordan said, he's like, dude, like when you come to blows with somebody like that, you know, he's like, that's the utmost level of 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 like competition that you can get to, mm-hmm. and that that's what bred him. Like mm-hmm. he like he said, if that if he owes anything, that's what he owes to that dude, Larry, because he's like, you know, he just made me. I just had to beat him, and like Larry said, he was like, and he wasn't beating me. Like that dude stands by it today. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that that was pretty cool to me. I really like the way. You know, he talked about entering the league. Like, I, I'm, you know, a ba- basketball nerd, especially back in the day. So I know that the NBA was rampant with cocaine back in the 80s and late 70s. Magic and Bird really kickstart the NBA as we know it today, where it, where it kind of becomes a major sport, you know, and it's, it's, you know, global and people, you know, I mean, they used to tape delay the NBA finals. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's how little of a deal the NBA was. So... You know, Jordan's coming in in the middle of that. Like, those guys have kind of started to push it to the next level. And then, so to hear him talk about the Bulls being, you know, a cocaine circus. Traveling. I mean, that was hilarious, man. Like, that's great stuff. Um, And to be that great and to keep, like, clean, basically, from all of that. All he wanted to do, he talked about when he first moved to Chicago and how he was, you know, he'd be, he was at his apartment cooking meals, cleaning or whatever. All he wanted to do was get ready to play. I thought that was, I was like, okay, all right. Well, and that's that's the difference, I think, between most guys that come in nowadays and especially that came in back then. Like, you came in back then, you know, Jordan was, you know, almost a Naismith winner. He won a national title, third overall pick. He was, you know, a big deal, especially once they played at the Olympics. One thing they left out was that Olympic team in 84 played an all-star team of NBA players, and they said Jordan shredded every one of them. Like, so Magic and all those guys were on notice. Like, they knew what was coming. Like, they were like, they were like he, I mean, he just tore everybody apart. And nobody talks, they said, nobody talks about that game. Um, so, I mean, that's just cool to me, the way that guys used to come in with a very much more humbler attitude. And it was like, okay, I'm, this is the team I got drafted by. I'm going to build this team. And, and I'm going to work as hard as I can to get him to the next level. And that was Jordan's attitude the whole time. Um, you know, you hear about him talking about his foot injury. I mean, that's crazy, man. And then <laughs> erupting for 63 points at the Garden. I mean, that's insanity. Yeah. I mean, score like half your team's points and you still lose. And you know what's funny, yeah. man? I, the more I watch old Jordan clips, like like real old, I'm talking about like 85 through about 87, I see a lot more, and this is going to sound real weird, I see a lot more Kobe in there. Like, I see where Kobe stole a lot more stuff. Like, I remember later Jordan, like 91 through 96, when the game had kind of evolved into, you know, he had a better jumper, like more consistent jumper. Back then, it was... Oh, became, in, he became more of a team player, too. Well, he did. But, it, I mean, back then in the early 80s, I mean, that mid-80s, mm-hmm. it's super athleticism. You know, he's hanging in the air for five minutes at a time shooting jumpers. And so it just kind of was funny to me, man. I, I, you could see where Kobe stole a lot more stuff, and, and their careers kind of move-wise lined up a lot. They're, like, similar. It's kind of mm-hmm. funny to me. And Larry Legend. 
Wasn't Michael Jordan in 1986. It was God disguised as Michael Jordan. And that's high praise from a guy like Larry Bird. Let me let me say this. I I think I don't like the way Krauss is painted as a total villain. Like okay. Now the, yeah, I, get, yeah. I, I mean he he screwed up by not like re-signing Phil and working that out. Like oh, he should have done everything he could to keep the harmony of the team together. Scotty, Especially once that Jordan said he ain't playing for nobody else. Yeah, to me that that that's a hammer. Like that's like I'm not playing for anybody else, Phil. Well, that changes everything. It does. And it you should. You've won five titles at that point. Yeah. It's <laughs> what's the difference between paying people? Why are you you're in the one of the bigger markets in the world? Well, because it it it, it, it became uh, all about who's getting more. Jerry Cross wouldn't get any credit. It was all going to the players and the, and to Phil Jackson and to Jerry Cross's credit, he put the team together. I mean, he did. I mean, he did trade for Scottie Pippen. That's a savvy move. Dude. I mean, he out of Central Arkansas. That, that was a savvy, savvy move. Like, I mean, seriously. listen, if they don't get Scottie Pippen, are there any championships? No. See. So well, he, hold on, he, he, didn't, he didn't get the credit I think he deserved. I think eventually, but he also should have not been so damn petty yeah. to blow it all up. That's true. I mean, that's true. I, I, so it, does he deserve to? Is it his fault? Yes. Does he deserve to be a villain? Like for the whole thing? Probably not, man. I mean, he he did put the team together, and he did continue to move pieces around and mm-hmm. figure out who was going to fit. I mean, Horace Grant was an incredible move, also. I mean, without Horace Grant, and then having the savvy enough to go get Dennis Rodman, like that was a huge oh, risk. Man. Like, I mean, and he even said he's like, I only, I would, if we did not have Phil Jackson, I would not have went and got him. Because hey, a lot of people don't realize Rodman was on the Bad Boy Pistons. Yeah, and it's like I, they don't. It's like some people were like, I don't care, don't bring him to Chicago. We hate the Pistons. Yeah, I don't want nothing to do with a former Pistons player. But he and the thing about Rodman. Ne- wasn't ever about scoring points with Dennis Rodman. He had seven games in his career where he scored no points and had at least twenty rebounds. That's a ton. He of was rebounds. ready for. He was there for rebounds and, and defense. That's a ton of rebounds, man. Like yeah. seriously, I. Well, and man. it was really interesting. We'll go into that. Is how he'd sit there and watch film and all this stuff and how how the ball bounces off the rim. Yeah, and that's how he's like. Okay, well, when if the ball hits here, then I know where the ball's going to go. And that's. I mean, he he broke it down to. He, it was more intellectual than I ever thought it would be because you think of Robbie, you think of goofball. I mean, I, I like the way Jordan said that. He's like, he's one of the smartest players I've ever mm-hmm. played with. Like, and Dennis Rodman was highly intelligent. Like, mm-hmm. and if you watch those finals where he was just all over Carl Malone, and not just defensively all over him, like mentally all over Carl Malone. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Carl Malone couldn't, like, Carl Malone's a big ass dude, man, especially back then. Like, he was huge. And. Like, Dennis was unafraid of him, and he also just got in that dude's head. Carl Malone was kind of a bully back in the day. I don't know if people remember this. Carl Malone knocked a couple people out with an elbow. Like, and I mean, not like leaned into him and elbowed him in the ribs. I mean, like, grabbed a rebound, swung an elbow at a guy who was elbow height, and knocked him out cold. Did it, like, three times. I mean, it's to the point that, like, the league had to tell him to stop because he was obviously doing it on purpose. Charles Barkley almost killed him because he knocked out one of his point guards. He was pissed. And so, so for Rodman to walk into that and be like, "I ain't scared of you," 
Like, it, it's like prison, where the only person you're really afraid of is the crazy person. Yeah. And that's what Robin was. Oh, like, right. Robin is walking into the yard as the crazy dude, and you're like, man, I'm not messing with that dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I, it's it's fa- it's a fascinating look at all the different facets of the personality. I mean, you got Pippin over here, super pissed about his contract by 98 or 97 or so. I mean, what are your thoughts on that contract? Like, we talked about it a little bit. What do you we, think? We, we did. Listen, he, he went security over getting the big money up front. He's like, if I get hurt, I don't know what I'm going to do. Seven years, $18 million. When he signed it, he was a top 10 uh, paid player in the league. And by the time he was, he was done, it was like 122nd, I think. The owner told him not to sign the deal. He probably sh- he should have never signed. His agent told him not to sign. But he did anyway. And I get that. But also, if you're Bulls management, ownership, whatever, after a certain point, you have got to realize the Bulls are not as good without Scottie Pippen, yeah. and you should be willing to renegotiate on that deal. So they were both had played uh, – part in this being in this uh animosity well let me throw this at you okay so i've been listening to a lot of podcasts shout out to the bill simmons podcast uh book of basketball is fantastic if you haven't listened to it you should check it out um breaks down a lot of different player you know situations and great players it's fantastic anyway so we give we gave kobe and Shaq a ton of crap for not sticking it out and continuing to be able to win titles they both and they both stood by this, and I actually understand it now more than I did then. I mean, they both said, you know, we were two alphas, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and at a certain point, like Kobe wanted to be the alpha, Shaq still thought he was, even though he wasn't anymore, and and it wasn't gonna work out. Somebody had to go. So, is it wrong to say that you know this? We, but we don't talk about the Bulls in that situation, like in that light. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think we should because the Bulls probably could have kept winning for at least another two years, even if they weren't winning. They'd have been close. Mm. I mean, I don't think anybody in the East would have beat them because in 99, the Knicks somehow make it to the NBA Finals and play the Spurs. And then in 2000, you got, uh, I want to say it's the Pacers, and they get dominated by the Lakers. So, I mean, it easily could have kept going for at least another two years, especially the lockout season. They'd have had half a year to rest. So, I mean, I, it's interesting. I mean, Kraus and all those guys are, you know, Kraus is to blame for not letting his ego, like putting his ego aside for the sake of championships. I think Phil is probably the one dude I feel bad for because I, I think Phil would have stayed. He just wanted to be respected and paid like a guy that had won five or four or five titles. Um, Pippen stays if they do it right. But, I mean, how much money could Pippen have really been asking for? He wasn't asking to be the hottest paid player in the league. He was just saying, I can't be the 110th. Yeah, he wasn't asking for Jordan money. and but So you're thinking, so what you're saying is Shaq and Kobe, that was Pippen and Jordan? Is that what you're saying? Not quite. Not quite. Well, see, I, I don't think that at all. And here's the reason why. Pippen has never, to my recollection, has ever treated himself as an alpha when he was with Michael Jordan. Okay, I agree with that. So I wasn't, ever. I wasn't comparing okay. Jordan and Pippen. I was saying... Clarify. It really, the Bulls situation is more of a front office situation. Uh-huh. It's really like Kraus and Pippen yeah. and then Jordan to a lesser extent and then Phil on the last end of it. But what I'm saying is, is as an organization, they weren't able to work it out yeah. and probably robbed themselves of extra titles. They didn't treat Pippen like they should. And the same thing goes for the Lakers, whereas, you know, 
it was really more of two players on the court who couldn't work it out. So it's a little different. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm just saying they they left some go ahead. They left some championships on the table. That's all I'm saying. I mean, that's that's the shame of it all. And I'm weird, man. I, I personally think that Bulls team gets beat in 94. I, I think they would have, even if Jordan has stayed, which I'm sure yeah. they're going to get to here pretty soon. But we'll soon. never know. We, we won't, it, it, which is sad because I feel like that Rockets team would have been better than any other team they played in the finals. Might have been. They didn't play a team in the finals with a dominant center. And every time they played a dominant center, they usually struggled. Well, yeah, because they didn't have one. Exactly. So when they played Ewing, they went six or seven games every time. They went seven games in 91. Or no, four, five games in 91, seven games in 92. They were down 2-0 in 93 to the Knicks, and then the Knicks blew it. They absolutely blew it. Like Jordan, game three, Jordan plays terrible. The Knicks find a way to lose, and then after that, Jordan wakes up, averages 45 points. Like for the next three games, and they, they get beat. So, and then they, they got beat by Shaq in 95 when Jordan was there. So, that's all I'm saying, man. It, it just seems like the lesser championships on table. They did. I, I don't think any – we'll never know, obviously, but how do you not keep it all together? When, when You know, when you hear the statement, Krauss told uh, Phil Jackson, he's like, if you, I don't care if you go 82-0. You're not coming back. That's that ridiculous. is re- that's it's retarded. And why didn't the owner? His name escapes me right now. Uh, Reinsdorf. Why didn't he veto that and be like, no, 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 hold on now, hold on, Jerry. See, we need to try to work this out. Well, okay, so see, I almost like when I keep hearing about like like this whole situation, Kraus comes out as the bad guy, but really, Reinsdorf is the bad guy. You are the owner. If the GM is doing something that you don't agree with. Mm. Because you want to keep the team together, then you'll you'll fire that GM and figure it out from there. So I guess that's kind of my point is that I feel like Reinsdorf is the bigger bad guy, but due to Kraus yeah, being like the, the bigger bad, yeah. he is. No, no, I no. think they're equal. no, no, no. Because if yeah. Reinsdorf says okay, so Kraus's beef is with Phil Jackson getting too much credit, right? Well, he's with everybody getting too much. Okay, credit. but Reinsdorf mm-hmm. is responsible for not paying Scottie Pippen. You're the owner. Okay. He, he And he even said, he said, once you sign a contract, I don't want to hear from you. Yeah. Which, I, I mean. I kind of get in a way. But I, still. I get it to an extent. But like you you told me the other day, you're like, well, they could have gave that dude a bonus. Well, they well, could have done something. They could have said, hey, we just won an NBA championship. Here's here's an extra $5 million this year. Yeah, after the first three P's, like, hey, man, I think you might. Uh, especially when Jordan left. Yeah. And Pippen was all-star MVP that year in 1994. I mean, so, I mean, he was legit. You know, uh, yeah. I, both sides made errors. Uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 sad. Let me ask you this: We were talking about this just a second ago, you and I, before we started the show. What did you think of of the Bad Boys Pistons episodes? Like the Bulls, because right now we're at episode four. We just ended episode four. Mm-hmm. Pistons just got past. I mean, the Bulls just finally slayed the dragon with the Pistons. What were your thoughts? I mean, the Bad Boy Pistons is that great basketball? No. Do I think it's great? Yes. I was going to say, it is great. Basketball. I think it's great. Well, it's, well I mean, it's like not, technical it's not, basketball is not, not great. It's listen, not pretty. Listen, well, they got away with more than they ever should have. Okay? I know the game was different back then, but when you – I thought it was great when you heard uh, a Pistons uh, assistant coach explaining the Jordan rules. If that guy drives to the basket, leaves his feet, he ends up on the floor. Period. 
And but that's what the Pistons did. They they were gonna bully you. They didn't want a hundred points scored. They wanted it was like eighty five eighty. That's what the Pistons wanted. Yeah. Okay. And they were great at what they did. And they won what, two titles? Back to back, yeah. Yeah. So I mean I love it because the, the, the animosity and the hatred is going to the grave with all of these guys. And it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, the best part. It was, makes fantastic television and it is so good. The best part was hearing Jordan say that too. He was like well, you can tell me whatever you want that he said. He's like, he's not going to change the fact that I think he's an asshole. Yeah. Like, like, well, he said, he's, he's just, if he's changed his opinion, it's because he's had 20 years and he wants to look better than me. I don't give a shit what he says. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan, and, I mean, he absolutely meant it. Like, like no hesitation. It's, it's so, all genuine. It really was. Um, and it is. I, I guess, you know, I, I just, I enjoy that period of the NBA from about, you know, 84 to about 1990 or 91 even, you know, just to get the Bulls in there. And the thing that was fascinating to me was was when Isaiah Thomas tried to write it off as, well, that was the era. I mean, yeah, that's, guys, what, that's what we did back Guys then. like that, you know, you didn't pass the torch. Well, the only reason Larry Bird didn't want to shake his hand was because they had mauled the crap out of Bird in the game before. So he's trying to, like, he tried to say that that was the era, and guys were like, no, him and Magic Johnson gave each other a kiss on the cheek before every game because they were best fucking friends. So there's, like, there's no way that, like, it was only like that with certain people because he, because they mauled them and beat the crap out of them and then tried to act like it wasn't like that later on. No, Jordan got his ass kicked for two straight years in the playoffs. Three. Three, whatever. And still... Shook their hand. Hey, good game, man. Yeah, all this kind of stuff. But the Pistons were pissed. And now, did did some of the Celtics walk off before all the, before all the all this uh, Pistons bullshit? Sure, they did. They did. But when Jordan, the probably we'll say the greatest competitor the NBA has ever seen, yeah, stays, shakes your hand. After a tells you good loss, game yeah. and has gotten literally has gotten his ass kicked because of the whole Jordan rules thing. I mean, come on, we all know that. I mean, you can't say it didn't happen because there's video evidence yeah. that yes, this is the way it was. And you guys just walk out of there. Here's my biggest beef with those guys with Isaiah Thomas today. Fucking own it, <laughs> Bill and Beer. At least owns it. I, yeah. yeah, that's how things work. I don't care. Isaiah Thomas sits there with that crooked ass smile he has, snake in the grass. Well, you know, if we had to, if we do it, in, you know, in today's game, I would have shook his hand. No, that's not what you say. Yeah. Own how you were. He was one of the biggest proponents of these bad boys. The whole mentality. He might not have been beating people up like Lamb Beer and the rest of them guys were. But he's at the forefront of all this crap, yeah. and you need to own it. And that's the thing about the Bad Boys Pistons, like, when you look back at them, is that whereas, you know, they all, like, Lambeer, Sally, Rick Mahorn especially, yeah. like, those guys were the enforcers. Like, if you got to the basket, this is what was waiting on you, this is what they did. I mean, when Lambeer got punched out by Robert Parrish, first thing he said was, did they throw him out? <laughs> he didn't care about Like, he knew he had it coming, and they knew they had it coming. But Isaiah is, like, the dude who's always behind the scenes pulling the strings. And then when the teacher turns around and looks to see who did it, he's the one smiling. Like, oh, no, I didn't do that. I'd never do that. Well, see, that's 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 what's annoying about Isaiah. Like, he, is he shysty? Like, by nature, he acts like a shysty person. 
So I agree with you. Like super annoying. And I mean, but I, I, I understand what he means when he says you had to come and take it. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it was. Yeah. Like Lambeer. That's what it ought to be. Yeah. And la- that's what Lambeer was trying to say. He was like, I don't care that they got mad that I didn't shake their hands. Like Lambeer, but see, it's easier for Lambeer to say that because he was never in the running for the dream team or the one of the greatest players ever like Isaiah is. So, I mean, but you, you have to pay the price. Like, that's the way it is. Like, mm-hmm. now, Bird is known as a maniacal competitor. Like, he would say some hella rude stuff to people all the time during the game. But he owns it. He's like, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't do all the, you know, love fest stuff. That, that was the game. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and Jordan would be cool to these guys' faces, and he was cool, but he was also rubbing their faces in it constantly, especially in the 90s when he kept them off from getting titles. So, I mean, it's just it's a, it's a really good insight into that era of basketball. And also, you kind of see, you know, this is the makeup of Michael Jordan, like people pushing him down. You know, first it's his brother, now, then it's the Pistons, and, and it's him just – like crazy competitively constantly pushing past all of it i mean that's what made him who he is you see what i'm saying and so. i think some some of the greatest stuff is the practice footage they have yeah and him getting ripping his teammates and i and they're going to cover the the steve kerr punch i really I mean, hope so i mean they they have to uh, and, and i think it's just it's it's great you're going to get i mean i that's what, i want to see more of that kind of stuff yeah because honestly I don't think there's enough of that in sports today. Tom Brady's one of the one of the guys. He'll rip into you. But I don't think there's enough of those alpha get-in-your-face type. Some people are like, oh, I'm not a raw, raw guy. Okay. But sometimes, sometimes you need to be that. Because Jordan was both. He's going to get in your ass, and then he's going to show you exactly what he's talking about yeah now they said that that's where pippen was so important you know pippen was the bridge between you know jordan being all over you Mm -hmm. and not accepting anything but the best and then pippen coming up to you and being like all right man you can do it i know you can this is what we're trying to do like pippen was the teacher you see what i'm Mm -hmm. saying jordan's like this is what's expected jordan's the hard ass so i mean and that's what makes pippen so much more important like just in the history of the scope of things I mean, being that guy who would coach those other teammates along, I, I don't know if any of those guys gets to that level without Pippen. You see what I'm saying? I, I don't know if, if, if they can survive under Jordan without Pippen. And, that, and that's what makes Pippen so important. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I just I miss that era of basketball. I, I think about, you know, LeBron and these guys, and, and I don't necessarily think some of these guys hate each other enough. You know, you don't have to hate a guy, like, seriously to say that, no matter what happens, I don't yeah. hate him. I like him. You but listen. when the but once the light comes on and it's time to play, I will do whatever it takes to beat you. Don't hate the person. Hate the player. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, right? So, yeah, I guess don't hate the game. Hate the yeah. Player. I mean, pretty. I mean, that's just. I mean that that's but that's the difference between the eras. Like Magic Johnson and, and Isaiah Thomas were were best friends, but when it came time to play, like it was and it was absolutely about destroying the other person. Kobe's more Jordan. LeBron's more Magic. Yeah, but man, Magic had a lot of dog in him, man. I, I don't always know if LeBron has all that in him. Like hey. Magic, Magic would be all over refs. Like he would. I mean, Magic got a couple, and that LeBron will do the politic thing where he'll get some coaches fired. He's done that, and so did Magic. But when it comes to like <laughs> doing whatever it takes to to absolutely beat somebody, 
I don't always see that from LeBron. I don't. I, I, I mean, I respect him as an incredible player. I think he's obviously one of the top 10 greatest basketball players of all time. I really do. And I've gotten older, and I appreciate every player for what their greatness is. That's kind of how I do it now. I don't. I try not to compare too much. But somebody asked me about era-wise, if LeBron was in that era, is he dominant? And I was like, well, not dominant. I mean, he's still great. Mm-hmm. But he, he wouldn't dominate that era because I don't know if he, he – it would take him getting beat down a couple times to get pissed off and want to do something about it. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's an interesting, it's an interesting deal, man. It's cool to hear Jordan talk about it. It really is. So anyway, Kyker, you got anything else? No, no. It's great stuff. And I'm and and I'll, I've I've said it on here. I'm not. I don't really watch the NBA today. I kind of keep up with what's going on. But this kind of stuff, I eat all. I I I eat up all this, this the older stuff. And I was alive for some of this. You know, I remember vaguely towards the end. And it's great to dive back into it. Especially when you're talking about all-time greats like Michael Jordan and great teams like the 90s Bulls. It's fantastic. I I can't believe that Rodman was as insane as he was. Like, I knew he was insane, but I was a a kid back then. I was watching. I knew he was there. I knew he was crazy because he had his hair dyed all the time. He was just a weird type dude. But I had no idea that he literally took a vacation to Vegas in the middle of the season. That's crazy. And and even more kudos to Phil Jackson for not only being a great coach, but being a great, like, basically he's like a sheep herder with all these personalities. Oh, man, I'm glad you said that. I really Rodman is, can go off the rails. He's his vacation. He's going to go on a bender. And Jordan even says, like, you let this guy go to Vegas for two days. We're never going to see him again. Yeah, and then Jordan had to go get him. <laughs> Did you read the rest of that story? They uh, <laughs> the story actually goes that he picked him up by his nose ring out of the bed. Oh, he probably did. <laughs> Seriously, you know. But and the thing is, and then even you know, Mike was talking about uh, they were doing. I can't remember what the drill is now. Where everyone runs and whoever's yeah. ahead has you know, has to keep the pace. And Rodman comes back and he's like sprinting. Yeah. Rodman was like superhuman with this kind of stuff. Like, Athletic ability. He, he was absolutely. like Ric Flair. Absolutely. In a way. Like he's gonna go out and party and all that kind of stuff, and it's just like, yeah, you know, whatever. I wanna I wanna touch on something real fast you just said that was really important. Um when I was back in the mid two thousands as you know, basketball's playing out, the it became obvious that Phil was going to approach Red Auerbach's NBA championship record and as a coach. And so at the time I was like, nah man. Phil doesn't deserve that, you know. Red Auerbach is, you know, built this team with the Celtics, did this, this, and this. You know, he's a, you know, monster of the game. But dude, the older you get, and the more these stories start coming out about how Phil dealt with these personalities, kept these people together, got them to buy in as a team. Dude, Phil Jackson's the greatest coach of all time. Like seriously, that is that is not an easy task to do. He convinces Michael Jordan. To be more of a team player, because if you don't, we're not going to win. Yeah. And and that, you're talking about the greatest player on the planet. And telling this guy, we need less from you and more team. Well, but you, it, it's just the idea that he was able to get him to trust his teammates, mm-hmm. which... I mean, that was a monumental task. Jordan had been through four or five years of just 
hard years as far as teammates go. He didn't have anybody he could trust on offense. And that that was he had like taken on that mind state and that was it. Like I'm going to do whatever it takes for us to win cuz I hate losing and it's all on me and I'm the one who has to hear about it anyway if we lose. So he took it to heart and that's what he did. But for Phil to come in there and say, "Okay, man, you got this. You got Pippen, you got Grant, you know, pass the ball to Paxson, he's wide open." You know that Jordan's averaged 11 assists in the 1991 NBA Finals? That is insanity. And averaged 31 points on top of that. No one's even talking about that. That's those are insane numbers to average over an NBA Finals. And most of that is because of John Paxson. There's no I in team, right? No, but there's an I in win. I mean, it, but it's, I mean, I'm just saying, man, the more I, I've kind of learned about Phil, I've been kind of listening to this other podcast about how he was, the way he managed the Lakers. I mean, he would basically let Kobe freelance for the regular season because he, and, and him and Shaq were kind of okay with that because Shaq didn't want to put in the work in the regular season, right? So, but once they get to the playoffs, the best option for us to win is for the offense to go through Shaq. Everybody knew that. So usually he could get Kobe to sacrifice in the playoffs. He'd be like, listen, if Shaq's having an off night, then you go off. But we, we need to work through Shaq in the playoffs. And Shaq would have monster numbers in the playoffs, and everybody was happy except for Kobe. So, so by the end of it, he's not able to corral Kobe that way. Like Kobe's done with the way Shaq does business because Shaq doesn't work as hard as he does in the offseason. And, and it just, I mean, but it was just fascinating to hear how he kept these personalities together for three or four years. Just because you have great players doesn't mean you're not a great coach. Exactly. I mean, that's just, that, exactly. that, that, that's something people need to get out of their minds. Well, I, I'll be honest. I, I thought that for a long time. I was like, well, he, I mean, he had it easy. I mean, he had Jordan and Pippen, and then he had Kobe and Shaq. You find out, I mean, he was coaching his ass off the whole time. Here's, a, here's the thing. You look at quarterbacks that have won multiple Super Bowls. Name me one that hasn't had a great head coach. Won multiples? Mul- multiple. Oh, gosh, I can't offhand. You see, and, you can't, well, and you're not going to be able to. You can say Eli Manning with Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin's a good coach. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, uh, I, I, w- I would say Peyton Manning, uh, John Fox. John Fox? What the hell are you talking about? Who, uh, who was the coach of the Broncos for the second title? Oh, I guess so. He didn't win multiple with that coach. Okay, though. I'm just I'm talking about multiple okay, with, okay, the, with all the right, same all right. team with the same coach. All right, I was thinking of one quarterback. Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, I mean, no. Montana had Walsh. Yeah. You know, Elway <clears throat> had Shanahan. Bradshaw had Noel. Bart had uh, Lombardi, and so on. Brady had Belichick. So, yeah. Cat better get out of my garage. <laughs> Sorry, man. Anyway, all right, man. You got anything else, Geiger? <laughs> Tune in for episodes four and five this week. I'm telling you, with no sports on, I'm glad they moved it up. It's going to be great, even if everything if, uh, sports were going on as scheduled. But this is a it, it's out of your garage. Um, <laughs> can't believe we're talking about this cat. Hey man, I hate cats. Yeah, freak I, me I, out. You hate animals. I hate cats. A- a- not animals. All animals. Cats. Um, cats are evil. All animals. They're evil. Yeah. So are dogs, according to you. Dogs anyway, tune in. DVR, their ESPN's, you know, show it. They're, you know, re-showing the stuff all the time. Go back, watch them. It's great stuff. And yeah. like I said, I'm not an NBA fan today, but I, I am enjoying this. And part, part of it might be because there's nothing else. But I was gonna love it anyway. So that's true. I mean, I, I just, I, and honestly, keep an eye on listening to how Phil Jackson coaches and how he ran the team because just. 
the way he was able to do that and keep the distractions at a minimum. Well, and he's a very interesting guy. He's a smart, smart coach, oh, man. Oh, very, very interesting Very guy. smart, man. And, and just able to, you know, dealing with, you know, monster ego personalities like Jordan, Kobe, Shaq, you know, Pippen being pissed off about his contract. Like, being able to handle all that and, and keep it together and keep them focused on one goal, which was championships – I mean, that's no small feat. It, it's nope. pretty fascinating to listen to the way Phil. I mean, I was reading up on, they had an article he had posted in ESPN Magazine in 1998, and he was talking about, you know, uh, there was a photo of him and Jordan hugging after a championship, one of the championships, you know, celebrating. And he said, it looks like we're crying, but we're not. He's like, it's just champagne. He's like, I tell you who I did cry with after the 93 finals was BJ Armstrong. He was like, because I had to ride his ass. Because for three straight playoff series, he had to battle three of the best point guards in the league, and I had to get him to be able to do it. And I rode him the whole time. He's like, so when we did win that championship, it was bittersweet. Me and BJ cried, and had a, he's like, it was a big deal. He's like, be at the guard, Mookie Blaylock, Kevin Johnson. He listed off like three straight point guards that that dude had to deal with that were legit. And being a coach, he knew when he had to push him. I mean, that's what makes great coaches, man. It's fascinating. But anyway, tune in next week. We'll talk more about the last dance and – Anything else that comes up in the sports world. Uh, You guys have a good week.